Hello and welcome back to Further Explanation, the Taylor Swift Podcast. There may be no further explanation by Taylor, but there will be from us. My name is Callie. And I'm Kaya. And we are your Swifty sisters. (laughs) Welcome to the special edition one year anniversary episode of Further Explanation. One year cake. Got one year cake. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor with her hands behind her back, (laughs) looking like there's a gun to her head. If you've been following the podcast for some or most of our first year, hey girl, hey, thank you for being here. We love you. And if you're new here, do you want to give like a quick little backstory? About our lives? (laughs) I mean, we'll answer a lot of questions about us in this episode, but we started the podcast a year ago. We were tossing the idea around for a long time. Mm -hmm. We've always bonded over Taylor and we've had a lot of Taylor conversations over the years and we just thought why not turn a microphone on and see if anybody (laughs) wants to hear us talk some shit Mm -hmm. so that's what we did use our powers for evil (laughs) we posted on our Instagram stories a couple days ago and asked you guys to send in questions that you had for us that we could answer in this special little chit chat episode so that's what we're gonna do okay so First question, when did you first discover Taylor's music? (laughs) Well, my memory doesn't really go back that far. (laughs) To answer this first, because this is another question that we got somewhere in here, but someone asked what our age difference is. So Four years, five for a few months. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm 20. And I'm almost 25, but 24 right now. So when we discovered Taylor's music... I was seven. And I was four. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you might be eight because we we weren't sure when we could not remember what when it was that it happened because it's just like I was literally four years old. So (laughs) but I looked back at our uh, Taylor Swift debut album CD and it Mm -hmm. said 2007 on it. So that was the production year of when we bought it. So. Mm -hmm. That confirms any confusion mm. we might have had. We weren't sure if it, we got it right when it came out or we got it right before Fearless came out, but I think we got it in between. I think the first Taylor song I remember hearing was Teardrops on My Guitar on the radio. Mm. And I remember our older brother was like, this is stupid. And I remember being <laughs> like, yeah, it is stupid because <laughs> I wanted him to think I was cool. But then I remember hearing our song on the radio and just being like, I'm actually kind of obsessed. Like, I kind of love everything I'm hearing. I remember we were at Walmart and I remember begging our mom to get the debut CD. And I was like, please, 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 please. Like we were at the checkout. <laughs> we, were at the, we were at the checkout line because I picked it up as we went around Walmart and I was like, mm-hmm. I remember that. Please, please, can I get this? And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, I don't know. Like that's a lot of money. <laughs> and I was like, Please, I want it so bad. Please, please. <laughs> I was always asking her to buy me CDs. We were at the checkout line and the cashier was like almost done getting everything. And I just like put it on the little <laughs> oh conveyor God. belt thing. And I was like, I was I looked at mom and I just set it down and I was like <laughs> <laughs> she just let it go. And she was like, okay. And then we put it on in the car on the way home. 
And I was like, I love this. <laughs> and then I just had the CD on repeat mm-hmm. from there on out. And if you're listening, that's Loli. That's my cat. And Fearless came out not long after that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Top three favorite Taylor albums. Okay, let's let's break this down between the old years and then and then and then. Okay. <laughs> Do you have one that you have off the top of your head? <laughs> I think I, I have one, but is ours like, the same? I think just off the top of the dome. I think it's like Red, Evermore, Speak Now. I was not in say, that order. I was gonna say Speak Now, Evermore, Red. <laughs> Wow, that's kind of crazy, Kaya. Why? Like, we have very similar taste when it comes to Taylor's music, but I feel like as far as albums go, we've kind of differed a little over the years. Yeah, we've differed over the years. I feel like lately we've come to the same conclusions. (laughs) It might be because we get on this and we talk for hours about it, and so we just end up coming to an agreement. (laughs) That's so funny. I feel like we tend to agree on albums, but... Songs, songs is where we differ. Well, yeah, we definitely have different favorites and like different. Well, our least favorites usually line up, but we have different yeah. favorites. Perfect segue into this next question. Someone asked, "How often do you have the same favorites on an album? Do you ever love one the other sister hates?" Mm, that's way less likely to happen because I think we have similar like like what we like about songs is similar like. Yeah, neither of us love how you get the how they get the girl. You know, like that's <laughs> I love that that's disagree. the first one you thought of. <laughs> Honestly, I need to switch that to I forgot that you existed because that's worse in my opinion. That mm-hmm. should be our default hater song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we we like good lyrics. We like interesting songs. We like good music and melodies. See, now I'm going to sound like that's genuinely how it feels to us. But I'm so mm-hmm. surprised when people have different opinions than us. <laughs> And like, oh, you really like that, okay? Something that I think is so funny because shout out to my friend Megan who loves this podcast and hypes us up all the time. You are, you're the best, Megan. Love you, girl. <laughs> but she has such different opinions on some songs, some Taylor songs. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people do. I don't know why I imagine like that. I, I know, yes, that, yes, I know like, that people exist that have different opinions. <laughs> yes, obviously. And we know that. And like, that's, that's the beauty of Taylor's music and how big her discography is. It's like... Mm-hmm. We've said this before, like, there's someone that writes not for every single song. not are the same. <laughs> Lover lovers are at the bottom. <laughs> there are some songs that Megan loves that Kaya and I kind of, like, lovingly hate on, on. <laughs> on the podcast. And we respect what everyone likes because there are Taylor songs that I love so much that I know so many Taylor fans, even, like, OG Taylor fans like Kaya and I, mm-hmm. songs that we love that they just don't like. And mm-hmm. that's totally fine. That's- we like a lot of songs that other people say are like stupid and bad. So, yeah, you know, it goes both ways. Because <laughs> I feel like everyone hates on the last time and we love the last time. That's something that really bothers me when people hate on the Taylor songs that they don't like and they act like no one should like them. Yeah, you it makes that. me feel bad. <laughs> um, See, this is our disclaimer, Kai. We get to say this once and then we never have to do it <laughs> All your opinions were valid. <laughs> Never more to say it again. Next question. What was your first Taylor concert? Speak now. <laughs> the best Taylor concert. Let's tell the story of when we went to the Speak Now concert. Because it, it's a really cute story. It was 2011. Yeah, I was 12. So you would have been 8? 
Yes. <laughs> Our mom got us tickets to the Speak Now concert, and the way she told us that we got those tickets <laughs> was she hid a little note in an Easter egg. And so on Easter morning, when we woke up, this was a tradition in our family is we would wake up on Easter morning and we would have an Easter egg hunt in the living room. I can share this video if you guys want to see it. It's actually really cute. Kaya, Kaya opens the <laughs> Easter egg and she goes, and she was like learning to read, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so she goes, we're going to see Taylor Swift. <laughs> then you see me just come up behind her and go, no, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. So we went to the Taylor Swift concert and our mom made us glow in the dark shirts that said tea party. Mm-hmm. So that Taylor glow in the dark. and her Mind mom <laughs> and her mom and her team could like see us. Um, also, was that the tour that we were going to get pit tickets, but you were too young or was that the red tour? Speak now. We got upgraded for pit tickets, but we couldn't go because Kayo was too little. So yeah, we went to this Beacon concert. We had a little poster. We made a sign that said, we'd be enchanted to meet you. I remember being so distraught when we didn't get picked for the tea party after. Like after the concert ended, we sat there, just waited for everybody to leave. Do you remember this, Kayo? <laughs> Wait, is that over yet? <laughs> She hasn't say she hasn't invited us to the tea party yet. <laughs> and we watched all the people who got picked for the tea party gather on the other side of the arena, and we just sat there staring at them. And I was just so upset. <laughs> and when we finally were like, "All right, they're not gonna come over and ask us to join them. Let's go." <laughs> I threw our sign in the trash on the way out because I was so upset. Oh my god! I think I was pissed at you for that. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely were. <laughs> Next question. Have you been to all of Taylor's tours? <laughs> Lonely wants to speak. <laughs> no, we unfortunately did not go to the Fearless tour. We were too young and I don't even know what a tour was, so. <laughs> Our first yeah. concert was the Cheetah Girls, okay? We were a little busy. <laughs> so we've been to all of her tours except for Fearless. And that um, haunts me every day. <laughs> next question says, how long do you think it will be until we are done with the re-recording process? Mm, well, all we have left, because we're getting 99 this month, all we have left is rap and debut. So I think about a year. I can see her doing... Hmm. When is she going to release rap? Is it going to be summer? That'll be so annoying if she does. You know what? I could actually see her giving us reputation in, like, February. I need to see the tour schedule to, like, actually give you an accurate True. idea of what I would predict. She's but... not going to give rep as much as 99, though, I don't think so. I mean, she dropped Speak Now and basically pretended it didn't happen. <laughs> I think she would do reputation in, like, February debut that summer. in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then... That would kind of make sense if she wanted to release her next original album mm-hmm. that fall. Mm-hmm. If she kind of wanted to stick to her two-year schedule. But I, I'm really hoping, and this was another question we got in here somewhere, but I'm really hoping that she doesn't release her next new album until all of the re-recordings are done. I want to experience another album era again. Like Manitska should be the one that's like in between things. Yeah. Because how and messy it, it was. <laughs> and it makes sense because Midnight's was really born out of the re-recording. Okay. Next question. Perfect segue to, we were just mm-hmm. talking about Midnight's. This is going so well. <laughs> what is each of your least favorite song on Midnight's? 
Ooh. That's tough because Midnight's is all pretty consistent in my opinion. It doesn't yeah. have the highest highs as some of her other albums, but it doesn't have the lowest lows as some of her other albums. <laughs> if we're including the other versions, the million other different versions she put out, or the standard mm. or the standard track list. They didn't specify in their question. Because I can give you <laughs> I can give you one or two real quick. <laughs> if it's a, the three AM edition. Paris is my least favorite. Really? Oh yeah. For sure. Wow. I mean, it's I can see and that. campy, and I appreciate it. And I like that she says 2003, but she also says unbearable, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely my least favorite. I mean, think of all the other songs in the album, you know? Yeah, like that, better. <laughs> I think for me, my least favorite would probably have to be Vigilante Shit. Although it has grown on me a little bit. I liked it a lot when I first heard it. I did too, and then it like kind of immediately got boring to me. I think it's because it's kind of like what we say about replay value. It doesn't have as much replay value because you get the point as soon as you hear it, and yeah. the production doesn't really go anywhere, so you kind of already are where you end up when you start the song. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, this next question is interesting. I'm going to let you answer this. How does it feel as an OG fan during this new Taylor meeting? Oh, God. I know that I'm so insufferable to people right now. <laughs> I, I said this recently to Kaya, and I don't know if it was while we were recording the podcast, but I said the re-recording process has made Kaya such a hater. <laughs> such a bitter person. I'm such a bitter person. Yeah, I. it's so difficult for me these days. I, I truly do have to take a back seat and like kind of just, you know, like distance myself a little bit because it's just it's so much... I don't even know where, which aspect to begin with about this. <laughs> it's very weird. Even being a fan from like, I'd say if you've been a fan since when Red was starting, I think, then you know how weird this is. Because she was mm -hmm. huge back in Red, she, but Red kind of elevated her to a different level. So like if you were there at the beginning of Red, you witnessed a lot. <laughs> you've seen things. Mm -hmm. It really is like unprecedented in history. Like. Beatlemania is a good comparison because it's insane. <laughs> it's weird because, like, all of my life, it was embarrassing to be a Taylor fan. And Swifty was not a term you just <laughs> used. It's like, it was not a positive thing. And I got made fun of all throughout school and even, like... I mean, fan culture is made fun of. Like, not just Taylor fans, like... Yeah, All but it was different. Hardcore. Like, it was a very unique, weird... Well, it was misogyny. <laughs> I was always made fun of for how hard I went for Taylor Swift and how enthusiastically I loved her and her music and defended her. And people just take shots at her just to piss me off. I love her the same as I always have. And it's now, like, all these people that in any room I'm in would normally be making fun of me for her. Now either like love her and her music and talk about her in a positive aspect and know all the details of like hardcore fans would and know inside <laughs> jokes it's a weird experience and i've always been the kind of fan who like I, I'm, I i'm not embarrassed by it even though it was embarrassing to other people they were embarrassed for me with how much i loved her i've never been embarrassed by it so it's like now i'm almost like i'll just keep this more to myself and like, I just share it with the people that I want to share it with. And when I'm in public, I kind of try to be quieter about it because, I don't know, it feels weird. 
it does feel like it's changed like how people look back on taylor swift and her fans will forever be changed because now they'll just they'll all look back on this this wave of insanity (laughs) and the amount of money she makes off of her fans and the cult-like behaviors of her fans which let's be honest we we always had a little bit of cult-like behavior yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it was for people who kind of gravitated towards you know like fandom spaces and were I guess really into music and songwriting and stuff now it's like everybody (laughs) it's like the whole world is in this really specific cult and that's really weird (laughs) something I like about it is like starting this podcast I don't know if it would have been as easy to reach all of you listening to this right now or as it has been it's definitely due to the internet, the TikTok culture of like, are you trying to say with the way that TikTok influences what people like, you almost have no choice but to get on the bandwagon now because you're just inundated with things. You can't really avoid it. Like before it was like the Swifty community was just like on Tumblr and Twitter and kind of in like these certain segments. And now those segments are kind of like the gate was opened and everybody That's kind of what I'm trying to say, because I read an article on this about subcultures, and they didn't interact. Like, there were Mm -hmm. the, you know, mainstream people who just listened to pop music. There were the emo kids, the rock, all these genres. It was kind of segmented. And there was obviously always overlap, and, like, other genres can be pop. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all kind of blurring. I don't know if it's a result of good things, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know? Like, it can be good, but Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't think it's actually good (laughs) if when you think of, like, how it's happening the why behind it yeah next question is what are each of your stand songs on each album i actually have my holy trinity playlist (laughs) Mary song tied together with a smile for debut it's i'm only me when i'm with you cold as you and should have said no i won't i won't say three for each of them but that one i kind of like yeah i need to (laughs) okay fearless this is very easy for me untouchable you're not sorry and breathe Come in with the rain. You're not sorry. Tell me why. Speak Now for is... Me is better than Revenge. Every song on here is my stand song. I know, it but it it, that's it's hard. Speak Now as an album is my like stand album. This is our stand album, yeah. But um, The entire album. But Better Than Revenge is easy. That's an easy one for me to just say one song because that one song is so... It rises above the others. Yeah, so I have others that are like I could also say, but I'll just say Better Than Revenge. Story of Us, Never Grow Up, Innocent. That's really hard though. Speak Now has always been the hardest one to pick favorites off of. Red. Treacherous is my stand song off Red, but I will also give The Last Time and State of Grace. Now this is tough because Taylor's version. Yeah, we're not. (laughs) The fact that I didn't mention any of it before until Red. (laughs) Because there hasn't been a need. I'm going to mention my Taylor's version one too. Uh, Very First Night is my personal. For me, State of Grace and Begin Again. If I try to name anything else after that, I'll name like five other songs. So I just exactly. keep it to those two because those but two do are your, like... do your Taylor's version. On Taylor's version, it's I Bet You Think About Me. Okay, 1989. Stan songs. Mm. For me, it's I Wish You Would and This Love. New Romantics. You Are In Love. Look What You Made Me Do. Don't Blame Me. And that was pre-TikTok. <laughs> and Dress. For me, on Reputation, it's Look What You Made Me Do, King of My Heart, and mm-hmm. So It Goes. Mm-hmm. So it goes, so good. Okay, and this I was going to mention this earlier because in songs that we I love but everyone hates, um, it's I Said of a Friend is my favorite song on Lover. <laughs> so, hello, yes, nice to meet you. That is my problem. <laughs> it's nice to have a friend, 
Miss Americana and False God are my lover songs. The Archer, False God, and It's Nice to Have a Friend. Folklore, Illicit Affairs, My Tears Ricochet, and Hope The Last Great American Cardigan. Dynasty. Yeah, Hoax, Seven Cardigan have been my holy trinity and my stand songs on there. Evermore. Evermore, Ivy, Cowboy Like Me. Those have been the ones. Tis the Damn Season and Dorothea. And Midnight's. Mm, would've, could've, should've. Maroon. And I've had a tie that I have not been able to break yet with Karma and Lavender Haze. Mmm. For me, it's Maroon. <laughs> would've, could've, should've. I'll, I'm just gonna say those two, and I'm gonna leave it at that. Okay. Because... There's a lot of contenders for that third one. So I don't really think there's a third one officially yet. So I'll just say those two. Okay. Okay. That was so fun. Thank you to whoever asked that. And (laughs) all of these questions so far, these have been so, so good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Someone said, Kaya, I listened to your album and loved it. What inspired it? And did Taylor influence it at all? Oh my God. Well, first of all, thank you for listening to it. That is so amazing. You just joined a special group of 10 people. (laughs) I am a very big music person, not just Taylor. This is a very um, singular podcast, not really, because we talk about so many things and it's so complicated. Of my musical influences, I have a very wide range. I love alternative rock. That's probably my favorite genre of music. I love girl rock. I love when girls do alternative rock. <laughs> and I have actually have a playlist. I can link you my playlist. It's the Pink Room um, Influences and Inspiration. It has a lot of Bratz Rock Angels on it, but I, take it seriously <laughs> because we had to, we had slim pickings and I had to take what I could get from Girl Rock. <laughs> but yes, Taylor influenced my songwriting totally. I don't know if I would have learned guitar or written songs if it weren't for her being so vocal about how she was doing that for herself. So yeah, like the girl 2000s and 90s rock, but also I really love like weird bands, Talking Heads and Tears for Fears. But that playlist is really good. That has a lot of a lot of my influences. I've always wanted to make an album. I've always wanted to be a musician and an artist. <laughs> I just decided, why not? I'll just do it. <laughs> that album is songs that I wrote the earliest was age 12 to age 19. I put it out when I was 19. I've always been a person who thinks about time and reflects on the past and thinks about the passage of time a lot. So that's kind of why I called it the pink room because I was looking back on childhood as I always am. <laughs> I just moved out of my childhood home. So I was very much reflecting on that. It's a very 19 uh, year old girl <laughs> album. <laughs> Sonically, it's like Guts meets Speak Now. If you're if you're trying to think of albums you guys might know really well that kind of fit it. Like when I first listened to Guts, I was like, this makes me want to listen to The Pink Room. That's what my friend Grace texted me. She said, I just listened to Guts and now I'm listening to The Pink Room. And so I actually prefer The Pink Room to Guts, <laughs> but I might be a little biased. <laughs> I'll admit that. Okay, next question. Which Taylor album is objectively the best and which is your... Nost- Oh, whoa, hold on. Okay, there's a lot of questions here. (laughs) Which Taylor album is objectively best? Which is your nostalgic favorite? And which is your current favorite? Oh, God, I can't be objective. Sorry. (laughs) Because my opinion is, is, I think, is just true. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Nostalgic favorite would have to be... (laughs) You sound like D. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was going to say Speak Now, and then I was like, debut. My nostalgic favorite is Debut, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Okay, nostalgic favorite is Debut. Which album is objectively best? Uh, You're not going to like this, but... <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just going to be the same ones that I <laughs> said are my favorites. 
There's so many different ways to look at this. The ones I'm considering are my top three favorites, which is Speak Now, Red, and Evermore, and Folklore. I'm considering Folklore, too. And then which one is your just... current favorite? Mm. I think my current favorite right now is Red and Midnight's. Because fall. Because it's... I'm, I'm still... I think something that I've noticed is that for newer fans, I feel like because Taylor has given so much music in the past few years, I feel like maybe people don't spend enough time with her music. Like, they're not giving themselves time. I mean, time there's not like much time, really... too. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying is because it, it's kind of hard to. But mm-hmm. I have spent so much time with Midnight's in the last year, and it's been so nice to just, like, let myself sit with that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think Midnight's is my current favorite. That's a really hard question. That's kind of like an impossible question. My nostalgic favorite's definitely Taylor Swift. Debut, yeah. My objective... I think it's objective best as it was it was. Yeah. <laughs> I think what did you say for that? I didn't say anything, but I think it's Speak Now or Evermore. I was going to say maybe Evermore. I want to like so damn good and, and people don't appreciate it. And it's not a joke. It's not just like Evermore deserves better. It's it's a good yeah. album, guys. No, no, no. It's actually her like her best album. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's um, it's folklore, but better. <laughs> yeah. Deeper less less of a focus on uh i'm gonna use this word but i use it really lightly less gimmicky on like oh different (laughs) different characters you know like she didn't try to do that so much so mm -hmm. there's less of a like kind of facade around it feels less of like a carefully curated like product you know yeah because it was just more of an outpour of whatever what was left you know yeah and that's that is i think when taylor makes her best art Mm mm-hmm is when she which I think, and yeah. which you can that's why folklore was so amazing is because she kind of like threw out all of her rules for herself but then but she took more, it a step further with everyone yeah 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 and people ask me what's her magnum opus like what's what's the quintessential taylor swift album and i've said red because it encapsulates her as an artist so well mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i just don't know everyone hearing you say that and going their speaking of episode is titled taylor swift's magnum opus I know. I've said oh. red before, though, and to answer to that question. Yeah. That's why it's so hard. It's hard. literally make an argument for every single album except for Lover. <laughs> Wait, my current favorite. Maybe Evermore. Because mm-hmm. I've been listening to Evermore again because it's getting into the cold months. <laughs> this next question says, your favorite and least favorite non-album Taylor song. Uh, okay, I already have it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Safe and Sound. It's my favorite Taylor song. So and least favorite? No, I don't know. <laughs> but Save Me Sound is my favorite Taylor song. Like, oh, period. L- so. Least favorite is only The Young, easy. Oh my god, yes. I hate that song. <laughs> and when I say, like, I forgot they existed, I dislike that song. But I wouldn't even say I hate that song. I hate Only The Young. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so bad. <laughs> it's like everything that's wrong with. Everything that, everything that bothers me about her. <laughs> Favorite song. for me is Eyes Open. Yeah. That's us. Segment sound and Eyes Open. <laughs> That's like, it says so much about us and what mm-hmm. we think about Taylor's music. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question. What ways are you both really alike and what ways are you different? Oh, wow. And just general? I think so. That's funny. We always say all the time, we're the same, but we're different. Because <laughs> we are. We're the same, but we're different. Yeah. Kaya's like me four years later. 
<laughs> Even though in actuality, you were four years older than me. <laughs> oh my god. What do you mean? You said me four years later. Yeah, because I was born and then four years later. Oh, you mean later as in like late. Not as in like older. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I think it's actually the opposite. <laughs> it's like, it's like Kaya and I are one person just born at two different times. <laughs> we are, I mean, we're the same as two people could ever be the same because we grew up <laughs> in the same I, I would say there are twins who are less alike <laughs> than Kaya and me. Yeah. And we're different people. Like we are totally distinct and different people. But when you grow up together as sisters as close as we were you just have the same you're just the same (laughs) you have the same essence you have the same being you know yeah we're two halves of a whole (laughs) (laughs) like i think our sense of humor is maybe one of the biggest similarities Mm -hmm. like kaya can say anything to me and i will just (laughs) laugh my ass off and if i try to repeat that to somebody else they would not know what the funny part of it was i can count on you laughing at my little jokes (laughs) and how are we different the first thing that comes to mind for me is just like stylistically Mm -hmm. i would say we're pretty different in that way yeah and that's maybe the most like obvious immediate difference between the two of us yeah i can see that like Kaya's very, you have like a really eclectic and <laughs> like not obvious, <laughs> like not obvious way of dressing. Mm. And I absolutely love You're your very style. Classic. But, but I'm a bit more like, like 90s. Understated. Like, I literally, simple. I was going to say like Monica and Rachel and I'm Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like my go-to is just like jeans and a t-shirt and a pair of cool boots or shoes or something like that's kind of that's kind of me mm-hmm. and you are you're way more organized and clean also <laughs> we should probably say that <laughs> and I'm a little messy and out there Next question says, what Taylor albums have you listened to for the first time separately? Sadly, we listened to Rep separately mm-hmm. because she had gone away for college. Mm-hmm. And then we listened to... Lover separately. Lover separately. But then we were like, fuck that. <laughs> we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> so when Folklore came out, we listened to it together. We listened Everyone to Evermore separately. separately. Yeah. 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 That was another and... like pandemic time. I couldn't, just couldn't get to you, but... Well, Folklore, you did come home because it was the pandemic. Well, no, I was just coming to visit you that weekend. She announced it. I was already coming to visit you. And so I was like, well, I'll just come home a day earlier and we can mm-hmm. listen to it together at midnight. Yeah. Like, did we listen to Midnights? Yeah. Together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We listened to her first four albums together. We listened to 1989. I'm sure we listened to all of them because we would just buy the CD and listen to them. So I think we listened to them maybe equal. I think the only ones we haven't listened to together were... They were when you were in college and then COVID. Reputation, Lover, Evermore. And then I think there was one of the early albums that we didn't listen to together. Or maybe, no, no, no. It was the the deluxe songs on 1989 I listened to alone. Okay, explain that to me. <laughs> because I thought we talked about this on the last episode. I think we listened to the album together for the yeah, first time. Yeah, we definitely did. Our Aside from Blank Space, because I listened to that on the bus. But the deluxe songs, I was in my room alone. But how did you listen to them? The CD. Because why do I have this memory of them coming out on YouTube 
and playing them on my iPad in my room alone. <laughs> that You might have done that and I might have been in the room. We might have just been on <laughs> opposite sides of the wall. Why would we do that? <laughs> okay, this next question I really like. Someone said, do you have any Taylor traditions? Every time an album goes out, we like to be together <laughs> and listen to them at midnight. We also, we have a kind of a newer tradition of we listen to the album together for the first time. And then we watch the lyric videos for the second listen. Lyric videos. Yeah. And so that's kind of like, and when we listen to the album for the first time, we don't like stop and start. We don't really discuss it. We just yeah. sit down, listen it on, and absorb, absorb it. We don't talk to each other. We just sit together and listen and really take it in. And then the second listen of the album, fully all the way through, we watched the lyric videos. And that's been kind of a newer, like, folklore on tradition. Do we have any other Taylor? Oh, we, I mean, we go to Target and and to buy the album. Oh, uh, we watched the Reputation Tour on New Year's Eve. Is there anything else? Hmm. Taylor traditions. Our whole life is a Taylor tradition. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to say. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I really like this one. Someone said, what era was your favorite? Not album. Okay. There's something very special about the Red Era. It's the one I remember from start to finish. Like, Speak Now, I remember it. But I don't really remember the announcement that well. But for the live stream announcement for Red, I was there. (laughs) And I remember it very vividly. Mm -hmm. And it was so fun. It was just, she did all these little things for the fans. (laughs) And it just felt so, like, fan-involved. And I was old enough to really appreciate it. And when the We Are Never Ever music video dropped, like, that, the world stopped. Like, that was (laughs) life-changing. I remember the day that that came out. It was, like, after school time when the video premiered. Like, 4 p.m. or something. I remember being in my like advanced English class or something. And we were in the band room for that class. And I remember like trying to hide my phone on this little like sheet music stand. And Taylor tweeted like, my band members are in animal costumes or woodland creatures or something. It'd be like, what the fuck is this video gonna be? (laughs) The Red Era was the one that I was on stand Twitter for all of it. So Mm -hmm. it's really special to me for that reason. Speak Now was like the first one where I was like online and involved yeah. because of Taylor Connect, but Red was the one. Like, I threw off my sleep schedule so badly, staying <laughs> up for every little thing Taylor did during mm-hmm. the Red era, like on my mom's iPad, like on yep. Twitter. That's so funny because that was me during Rep because that was the first era where I had a Taylor social media or any social media actually. So, and which is funny because that's five years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we were around the same age and that was right when you had moved out. So I was alone and I was just like <laughs> on Tumblr all the time, all night. <laughs> and now I'm starting to realize that Rep was kind of the last of the, the last great American Odyssey, <laughs> like Rep era, if you were there for it in the moment, that was kind of the last like old the Old Testament of Swifties, you know? <laughs> the Old Testament. <laughs> Before everything changed, basically. Okay, someone asked, what are your current thoughts on the re-recording project? Well, we've I think we've shared a lot about this, but it's a little complicated. <laughs> so many ways to answer this question. Mm-hmm. I think the re-recording project is valuable. I think that Taylor it's is... very valuable. <laughs> I think that Taylor is setting a new standard for artists and their ability to own their masters. There are younger artists that I have seen that are already outright owning their work, which 
I don't think it would have been possible without Taylor. I also appreciate her effort that she's put in to own her work. And the fact that she's tried to make it a fun experience for the fans too. I don't know. It's just part of her interactiveness with us that I, I like. I get to kind of choose what I participate in and what I don't, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I like. But as far as these re-recordings being replacements for the original album, that's not, not. <laughs> that's not the case for me. That is not ever going to be the case. No. I grew up with her original music and I have it committed to memory and I'm not going to replace it. You can't recreate that original recording session of her yeah. in the moment singing about what she just wrote, how she felt it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the re-recordings for the, the ability to relive these eras and albums that I grew up with and I have so many memories associated with and getting to like create new memories, but they're not replacements for me in any way. Like the covers, I've seen so many people recently say that the new covers make the original ones look cheap. <laughs> God. Um, that's fine if that's your opinion, but I just could never say that. <laughs> With a gun to my head, I could never say that. No, just because something's out of trend doesn't mean it's bad. <laughs> and that's yeah. something people are going to have to learn. <laughs> and she's always been a moneymaker, <laughs> but this experience has been really... Just a lot of the things that I've witnessed with new eyes in the past, like, five years of her. And not just her, the entire industry. A lot of things that I used to just kind of blindly accept and appreciate, which Mm -hmm. I can still appreciate and get value out of things that are also maybe a little corrupt and (laughs) exploiting me a little bit. (laughs) I have a very different perspective on her than I did when I was a kid, which makes sense. (laughs) I think at the beginning of the re-recording process, I was like, oh my God, I get to hear Taylor's thoughts on songs that she's never acknowledged or hasn't acknowledged in a really long time. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of soured for me because of the- She hasn't talked about them. (laughs) The way that it's also shown her favoritism for certain things. And also for me, it, it can be kind of frustrating when like some of the covers and the photo shoots are like, that's your idea of this album or like that's how you want to represent this it's like yeah do you get your own music so i understand that as a fan like that's maybe an annoying critique to have or like perspective to have it's like that's not my music and i know that but that's just how i feel and i think it goes hand in hand with the tiktok and like the new generation of fans Mm -hmm. that i just i feel a little disconnected from is that it's like so about branding it it feels Mm. like she's going back through and she's capitalizing on every single little thing from all of these albums that are so personal and special to us and she's making them like there each one has its own brand now like it has its color it has its uh verbiage it has its Mm -hmm. like little aspects that you can easily recognizable aspects that you can sell to people and it's and the whole era's tour has really sent that into high gear perfect that's exactly what I was about to say because I saw the Ayers tour movie on Thursday night. I was going to ask you about that. I'm seeing it in a few hours. Watching it made me realize the Fearless set on the Ayers tour is so good. Mm-hmm. And it just made me more upset with how poor the Speak Now set was done mm-hmm. and how there was no debut for the God. tour. And that's kind of like part of my point here is it's like, like for the Enchanted, she sounded amazing singing Enchanted. And I was like watching the movie and like, oh my God, it's so cool to hear her singing this. And it takes me back to the Speak Now tour. But the dancers being in those purple dresses. Yeah. And it's like, 
the tour wasn't purple. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, and the big purple dress, like the cupcake three-layer tear cake dress that she wears. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know. That's just not speak now. That's why we know. can't, like, it's not, it's for us and it should be for us, but it's at the same time, it's not. And because... Enchanted of all the songs, like, I don't know. It was just, it kind of, like, the Fearless set was so good. To open with Fearless, the, she did, mm-hmm. she does this choreography that's, like, very Fearless tour looking. But mm-hmm. for Enchanted, she just walks out in a ball gown and has dancers come out in purple dresses. And I don't know. <laughs> I was like, it's just, just watering it down to make it. You know, not accessible, but like, what's the word? Palatable. It's like a little package that's easily sold. <laughs> that's basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, it's very like, diluted. Speak now, you know what you're getting. You're getting purple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like when you're doing something that has to, has to be marketable to the mass amount of people, the most amount of people as possible. You know, that's what that's what this is. So it's not for like the crazy weird Swifties who know every little detail and like you know. I really like this next question. Kaya, which album energy does Callie give off? Callie, which album energy does Kaya give off? Hmm. Okay. (laughs) I always say you're my older sister, Red. (laughs) So. And you're my little sister, Speak Now. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of what. That's that's never gonna, that's always gonna be my. You know, that's just how I feel. You're red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I mean, Evermore is also both of our favorites. Mm-hmm. So we kind of both have Evermore energy. I also feel very reputation for both of us. Yeah. I mean, those are just all our favorites. <laughs> but okay, let me just let me just try to be unbiased. Okay. Your energy. Your energy. I see rep. I see rep energy. Maybe it's just because of how old you are, but I'm giving a little 1989 energy. But maybe it's just because it's in the air. <laughs> <laughs> if you can see me right now, I'm... I'm, I'm trying to get the aura. <laughs> I'm moving my hands to the air. <laughs> red, a little rep, maybe a little dash in I say nine. You are obviously very speak now. It's her most eclectic album. <laughs> it's also her most rock album. Mm-hmm. And it's also just very confessional. And like, those are all things that mm-hmm. I associate with you. Hmm. I could also see folklore for you. It it feels sort of similar to Speak Now to mm-hmm. me. I, I don't really know how else to describe it other than that. It feels very, it's kind of like cinematic, you know, with the instruments and stuff. I, mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. I'm very emotional. <laughs> Love that. That's a good question. Let's see, oh, what are your zodiac signs? I was actually going to bring this up because we were talking about how we're different. And I feel like our zodiac signs, even though like, you can't, you know, you can't go off of that for everything. But, yeah. like, it kind of sums up a, l- a little bit of the ways that we're different. I'm an Aquarius. And I'm a Sagittarius. And my birthday is December 14th, a day after Taylor's birthday. And the reverse of the year. Yeah, she was born in 1989. I was born in 1998. Mm-hmm. So, that's crazy. Do either of you have a favorite non-tour performance? Ooh. I, I feel prepared. like yours is the Grammy, whatever you love. You always talk about that. Which one? The 1989 Grammy. You love that. When she's in the black turtleneck. Oh. And she does Wildest Dreams on the electric guitar. Yes. <laughs> I always think of that for you. Yes, I do love that performance. Um, 
I actually have a playlist on YouTube of my favorite Taylor performances. Let me look at that really quick. Also, I love the performance that she did with the Civil Wars when they sang Speak or Safe and Sound and she was in that yellow dress. Yes. Love that performance. Yes. Oh. That's one of my favorites. Non-tour performance. Okay, okay. So it could be award shows. Non-tour performance. That's so hard. That is hard. There's so many. <laughs> I loved her performance of State of Grace on The X Factor. Oh, 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 oh. It has to be eyes open for the VH1 storytellers. Mm. Yes. That one and I Wildest Dreams are like really high. Performance. Those little intimate performances that she does. Like, what's the one where she was with those? She was with, like, what's his name? Lionel Richie? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I love that little performance that she did. Yeah, it was the All for the Hall Los Angeles performance. Mm. I wish somebody had asked us for her best covers, because I have some answers for that's that. That's true, it's true. But nobody asked, so... <laughs> Has that ever stopped us before? <laughs> mm. Oh, I also love her performance of Red and Begin Again at the Harvey Mudd College thing that mm, she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll stop there. You have a few different answers for me for that, so... Someone asked, do you have Taylor tattoos? I have no tattoos, but <laughs> Callie has some. <laughs> I have a bone arrow tattoo. For Sagittarius on... and the Archer. Yeah, it kind of, I've wanted this tattoo for a really long time, and then Taylor. And the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Archer came out, and I was like, this is kind of perfect, because mm -hmm. it's kind of for both. Mm -hmm. I have a Saturn tattoo. It's not 4-7. I got mm -hmm. it in 2019. But it will be 4-7 once I get my moon tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I also have an ivy tattoo, which I partly got just because I wanted vines. Mm -hmm. But it, it also kind of like could be an ivy tattoo, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is that all your tattoos? They have to have some type of tailored subtext that could be applied. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think, yeah, I think those are, that's all I have. But I'm, I'm, I know I will have more. So ask me again in a year. If you could pick Taylor's next collaborator, who would it be? Oh. Ooh. What if she did something with Hozier? Mmm. That'd be awesome. I think they would work really well together. Mmm. Yeah. Sorry for suggesting another man. <laughs> but. <laughs> I just love if she does, like, really sad, like, fall, like, winter, deep music. And I feel like Hozier would be good for that. Mmm. I would love for Taylor to write with Julia Michaels. She is one of my songwriting heroes, and I just love her so much. Oh, I would also love for Taylor to write with Tovlo. Mm. <laughs> I've been be wanting that for so long. <laughs> oh, I need Allie and AJ Taylor Swift collaboration. Mm -hmm. That's a desperate, desperate need. I also mm -hmm. would love for Taylor, especially because Maren Morris just left country music. Mm-hmm. So I would love for Taylor to be on Marin's first mm. non-country album. Yeah. Because Taylor left country music, Marin's leaving country music. I think that would just be a power move. I think it would help Marin uh, to have Taylor on the album. What's she going to gonna like, do instead of country? I don't know. Wow, that's crazy. I don't think that she's going to completely like try to do something totally unnatural for her. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she'll just be pop. But I want Marin to do like an R&B album. Her voice is just so soulful. This is very, very out of left field, but I mean, not really. I would really like for Taylor and SZA to do something together. I just feel like it would bring out a side of Taylor's voice that we don't hear very often. 
Mm. And that I think is just really, really beautiful. Next question. Have either of you ever met Taylor? If not, what's the closest you've gotten? (laughs) No. Thanks for asking. The closest we've gotten was at the Speed Now tour when we stayed after and watched everyone meet up where they're supposed to meet up to go to the tea party. (laughs) And we just saw it and we were like so sad. And then we just left because we couldn't do anything about it. (laughs) Taylor did follow me on Tumblr Mm -hmm. back in the day when she was on Tumblr and we were all on Tumblr. She followed me on Tumblr. She liked one of my posts. She still follows you. Yeah. I think I'm blacklisted at this point. (laughs) I really do. And Taylor commented on my Instagram post in like 2013. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's the closest I've gotten. And she saw our faces from the post. Yeah, it was a photo of me and Kaya at the red tour. We no longer look like that because that was 11 years ago. (laughs) And she said in her comment, I hope I get to see your beautiful faces singing your heart out at more shows. Mm-hmm. and your wish is my command <laughs> okay this question asked i keep thinking about the wonderland to lavender haze pipeline and i need your all's thoughts hmm. good pop song <laughs> <laughs> those are two of my favorites on 99 and midnights if if you're saying what i think you're saying you have good taste <laughs> um let's see wonderland to lavender haze wonderland is kind of about like the disillusionment of a relationship lavender haze is wanting to go back to sort of like the honeymoon phase in your relationship it's don't pin me down i don't want to be pinned down i'm kind of wild (laughs) i think they both have that similar energy like Mm. she's okay with the messiness (laughs) that's interesting wait let me look up the lyrics god you guys just say the coolest stuff to us on instagram (laughs) it it's so amazing didn't they tell us don't rush into things and then I'll seem new and exciting. I feel your arms twisting around me. I should have slept with one eye open that night. She loves the chaos. Like, girl, you do love the drama. Don't don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. But there were strangers watching and whispers turned to talking and talking mm-hmm. turned to screams. And then in Lavender Haze, when she says, um, I've, I've been, been under, under scrutiny. scrutiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it's both, both songs kind of talk about this person that's not really in the same place that you're in. Not really meeting you where you are. Like the, I reached for you, but you were gone. And then if you think about the Lavender Haze visuals of her sitting on that bed and that person's sleeping and she's just sitting there with a cloud over her head, like that very much represents the Wonderland theme in in different ways. But um, it makes me think of that picture of her sitting on that boat by herself. (laughs) You know, like Taylor sitting on the bed awake when her partner's sleeping in the bed and then Taylor sitting on the boat just waiting. Wonderland is reflecting on it, though, reflecting on something that could have never lasted, but like also enjoying what it was and the messiness that it was. Lavender Haze is still in it, but it's like you don't realize yet that you kind of sound like (laughs) something you've already experienced. Mm -hmm. Musically, they're just really great songs, and I love them. And I wish I I like when she leans into that type of pop, good Mm -hmm. pop, (laughs) pop that I like. And I like that talk you're talking go viral. I just need this love spiral. And if you mm-hmm. think about we found Wonderland, you and I got mm-hmm. lost in it. Yep. Kind of falling down the rabbit hole and that being mm-hmm. the love spiral. She's addicted to it. That's <laughs> a really interesting link. I like that. That's one of my favorite things to do with Taylor's music, especially as she puts out more and more albums to find those connections between her songs that aren't intentional connections or yeah. aren't like related in her life in any way, but mm-hmm. you can find a, find those links. Um 
That's really interesting. If you could message us with like more thoughts yeah. on- Yeah, explain what you mean by pipeline. Yeah, like what's the connection there to you? Because I would love to bring that up in another episode and talk about that. Maybe we could talk about that in our 1989 Taylor's version episode. Okay, and then the last question, someone asks us to rank her 10 albums. Oh God. <laughs> it's so difficult. I'm going to try to do it off just not even thinking about it. Off the dome. And I'm not going to use the Taylor's versions. I'm just going to go like yeah, just her albums because that's kind of just the way I think of her albums anyway. Help Red though. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, it doesn't, it doesn't really change it. But the vault songs are so good on Red. It doesn't change Speak Now to me. It doesn't change Fearless to me, but it does It does enhance Red. Because Red is a great album already. But to add the very first night, I Bet You Think About Me, Forever Winter, Nothing New, those are amazing songs. <laughs> it's crazy how much they add to Red. Red is such an interesting album because it comes right after Speak Now. But it's like, it's like Speak Now with more collaborators. You know? Like... The, the writing <laughs> the writing was in that place and she had made enough albums to where she had a bit more practice and kind of knew what mm-hmm. she was doing mm-hmm. with, when it comes to, to making experiment. an album. But it it was a bit more diverse as far as uh, production goes. Cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> and what she yeah. wanted to do, she's like, I also want to make pop hits. I also want to make sad songs. I want to blah, blah, blah. Are we ranking? <laughs> yes, yes, okay. Evermore, Speak Now, Red, Folklore. This is where it gets hard, guys. <laughs> this is your top four. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Wait, I know my bottom. Can I meet in the middle, maybe? Bottom. What's what, How many are there? 11? <laughs> 10. Oh, okay. Bottom is Lover. From bottom up. Okay, so 10th is Lover. 9th is 1989. 8th is Fearless. 7th is Debut. 6th is Midnight's. 5th is Rep. Okay, so... From the top. <laughs> Evermore, Speak Now, Red, Folklore. And these are the ones that are locked in. The others change all the time. These are the ones that are basically the same. Always. Um, then Rep, Midnight's Debut. Those are the, That's the tier that also those three switch a lot. Debut could overtake those two. So those three are the next ones that are switchy. And then after that is my bottom tier. So what's left? <laughs> oh, Fearless, 1989, Lover. Okay, Fearless should actually not be not belong in those bottom two. <laughs> Because bottom two is 99 and lower. So there you go. There you have it. That's how I'm feeling today. I feel like I'm about to like try to shoot a basket into a <laughs> into a net <laughs> into a hoop from like a mile away. <laughs> like I'm so scared. Oh my god. Okay. Ranking Taylor's albums. I feel like debut should be higher already. <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> uh, right now in this moment, red. <laughs> red evermore speak now reputation so that's four that's where you got stuck too <laughs> that's so funny i'm gonna go from the bottom up too and folklore is my reputation that's so funny bottom up so 10 is lover nine is 1989 eight is fearless seven is really <laughs> write it down it's so hard to not hold on sorry this is so annoying <laughs> reputations i've just been really having a moment with that lately i'd never more speak now reputation bottom it's always is... been up there for you though 
Yeah, but it's not usually in my top four. Really? It's, it's, it what gets is? in my, um, <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> it's not, I don't, what would be there instead? You can't um, even pick anything. <laughs> Red Evermore, speaking of reputation, Lover is last. 1989 is right That's above it. One. So I need eight, seven, six, and five. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Midnight's is five. <laughs> Debut is six. Fearless is seven. And what's left? Folklore. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, swap fearless and folklore. <laughs> okay, so read it out. Okay. Fuck. This is insane. This is not a good It question. is an insane <laughs> ranking, but that's what you get when you ask that question, because, like, how do you even do that? It's top to bottom. Red, Evermore, Speak Now, Reputation, Midnights. That's top five. Debut, folklore, fearless, 1989, lover. <laughs> I hate that. That is such a crazy ranking. That's the what was worst. Mine? I couldn't tell you. Here's what we need to do is Kaya and I will rank them on the We need to do that website. The album sort of thing. Longer. And then we'll put that on our stories. How's okay. that? Compromise. Oh God, I don't want that public knowledge. <laughs> I don't even stand by it. <laughs> it's just it's so hard because you just go through phases. Like it's yeah, not you do. the only you do. thing that's for sure is that Lover in nineteen eighty nine are my bottom two. I mean, even that changes on day to day sometimes. Not Lover, based on what my actual opinion is, but like how I'm feeling that day. Lover never, never moves. But 1989 well, yeah. might kind of switch with some others in front of it. But um, Lover's always just going to be, it's just not. Because if I'm being objective, it is Lover. That's the worst. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it so hard. Okay. That's the last question. Yeah. Thank you so much to everyone who sent in questions. And... A sincere thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast, who has subscribed, who has told a friend about it, who follows us on socials. Like, we love doing this and we love talking to you and it just means the world. Um, If you are not already subscribed to the podcast, subscribe. If you listen to this entire episode and you're not subscribed, just go ahead and subscribe. You're you're clearly part of the family. Um, And... If you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review on your podcast platform, we would greatly appreciate it. It helps us, like, a lot. And, and you thank can... you to anyone who's listening to my music. That's awesome. I really yes. appreciate you. I will link Kai's album in the show notes if you haven't listened and you want to go listen. This episode was supposed to be a video episode, but we had some internet issues on Kai's end. We will talk to you in the next episode, which will probably be the 1989 Taylor's version Episode. Or if we are able to fit in the 1989 tour episode before that album comes out, then that'll be out next. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on socials in the links below. And we will talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Love you guys. Bye.